Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have two favorite people on the planet on the podcast here. I have my co-host, Gina Warfel, which you all know, I just adore this woman and would do anything for her. But then I kind of have my twin on the podcast. We joke and say we're twins because we have so many similarities. It's ridiculous. We have Raj Jana on the podcast as well. And if you guys have been avid listeners, we had Raj and Gina on together two years ago when we were talking. This was like right after the death of Tristan, my late husband. And I think this was like the first or second podcast that I recorded after his death, talking about the beauty of his passing and how there was contrast in the tragedy and the sadness, but the contrast was extreme beauty and love. And so it was a very heartfelt podcast. And this one is probably going to be similar, but with data, which I'm really excited about because Raj and his team and the brains behind this, the guy who created this technology that we're going to be talking about today, his name is Mike Klein. And he is, Raj, am I describing this correctly? You guys are business partners. And the mission that they have created is so beautiful. As Raj talks to me about this, where we were, all three of us were in Greece together a few weeks ago, and I got to talk to Raj a little bit more about his project. And Raj, I know I'm a little bit all over, but it's all going to connect, I promise. Raj and Tristan were really good friends. We were all really good friends. And what's interesting is people don't make friends with cancer people. Cancer scares the living daylights out of everyone. Somehow Raj and Gina just took Tristan and I under their wing and just fell in love with us. And we fell in love with them. And we just felt like one big happy family of siblings, right? And so Raj and Gina have just been soul family to me ever since I've met them because Tristan didn't scare them. You know, it takes big effing souls to not be scared by cancer. And so Raj fell in love with Tristan. Tristan fell in love with Raj. And shortly after Tristan's death, I guess Raj and Mike Klein started creating this product, this company that literally analyzes scientifically emotions and trauma and triggers and how it correlates to illness and disease. It's fascinating. I'm going to have Raj talk to you, but it's basically data and Raj, you will have to educate people better because I'm probably slaying this, but they have taken emotions and beliefs and triggers and traumas, and they have calculated it in a way to make it measurable and to correlate it with disease. And so I hope you guys can stick around for this episode because it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind because Gina and I have spoken about how your emotions can trigger illness in your body. We've spoken about it, but what Raj and Mike have done is they have quantified it and they've measured it and they've created research and data points around it. And so we're going to talk about these two things, how the woo of illness and disease is actually now quantifiable. So Raj, welcome to the podcast. I adore you. Please tell everyone why I adore you. Tell them about your genius. Tell them about your company. And let's go from there. You're so delightful. Like just pure magic. I just can't with you. I just can't. Well, thank you for having me here. Thank you for all that love. It is a joy and a blessing to be here and just to share these moments with both of you. It's beautiful that you brought Tristan into the conversation because I feel like he's been such a big 
part of this project coming to life. I remember literally, I think the month that Tristan passed is when, you know, Mike and I started talking about the work that he was doing at his nonprofit. And then three months later, we started taking a lot of the technology and the science that Mike was developing around tracking emotional triggers back to childhood traumas. We got to take that technology and apply it to a cancer community. We actually partnered. It was magic. It was literally, I didn't plan it. We didn't plan it. We didn't know where it came from, but it was almost like divine orchestration that I got to be so close to Tristan in the ways that I did. And then three, four months later, we got an opportunity to bring our work to a cancer community. And I'm going to share a story from that cancer community that I think is going to illustrate really the what we do, because I think that's a lot easier to do than just saying it. When we started working with this cancer community, we noticed that you know cancer is just a very tumultuous journey. Oh, that's the understatement it, of century, <laughs> like seriously. And, right. There's just so much activation. In fact, to us, like the diagnosis itself is one of the most traumatic experiences that opens up the nervous system. And it doesn't just open up like the big T trauma of having a cancer diagnosis. It actually opens up everything in your system. Your nervous system is just overactive. And so we were meeting all these cancer patients who were just like on high alert in their fight or flight responses, constantly on edge. And their nurse practitioners had no idea how to hold space for them. Their doctors had no idea how to hold space for that. And so we're treating the cancer, we're treating the symptoms, we're giving them all the things to do, but we're not really checking in on how they are. We're not really creating the space for them to relax and come back into themselves. And that's when we started working with that community. So we said, okay, we're going to teach your nurse practitioners how to hold space for themselves so that when they're in an intense experience with their cancer patients, they can hold better space for them. And one of the nurse practitioners was actually an active cancer patient. She had stage three breast cancer. And when we took her through our process, which is a very simple process, okay, we're going to track your triggers, which we consider like anytime you experience like a negative emotional experience, it could be an argument with your spouse. It could be you not feeling heard by your doctor. It could be just any level of stress, fear, anxiety, whatever it might be. If it shows up, we're going to track that and ask you about 10 to 12 different questions about what's actually happening right now in the moment. And they're tracking this in your app, right? Like yes. you have created an app to track triggers. Yes. Okay. We have an app to track all this information. And we're specifically tracking information in the moments that the amygdala is firing. So that's like when your fight or flight response is just on. And so we track that data. And then we walk you through a process of taking that and looking for the emotional history of has this pattern, has this trigger, has this emotional response actually been something that's happened previously in your life? And when we started doing that, we had this one patient, stage three breast cancer. We started tracking a trigger around not feeling heard all the way back in time. We went back to moments when she was 20 in her 20s where she didn't feel heard by her significant partners at the time or when she went back in high school. But when she got to middle school, she started recalling memories of where she was actually sexually assaulted. And wow. her mom didn't listen to her. Her mom didn't oh hear God. her. There's this trigger that's happening today around not feeling heard that actually roots all the way back to these previous experiences in life where she didn't feel heard. And what was crazy was when she started talking about that memory, the tumor actually started getting triggered. Like she started feeling the pain in her breast. That was the moment when I was like, oh my goodness, what 
was that? Because it was all happening so fast. Like Tristan passed three months later. We got this cancer community that all of a sudden we saw that. And that's when we just looked at ourselves as a team and we're like, all right, this has got to be a thing. This has to exist in the world. And we have to build something that can scale and can help people in big ways. And so for the last two years, we've been really building out this platform which is now an app that allows you to get support with people. And we basically help you make sense of your emotions, make sense of the emotional roots that are contributing to your present day health symptoms, and then pair you up with resources and a personalized emotional health plan to help you actually resolve and relieve the underlying stressors that are contributing to whatever you're experiencing today. Why does that matter that somebody resolves? Like, why does it matter for somebody to find the origin point of where they first felt that feeling versus just like, hey, this is what I'm triggered about present day. Like, how does that influence somebody's life or their results that they get and their healing? Yeah, so one of the things that we've, there's like a frame of addressing the symptom versus looking at the root cause, right? So the way that I like to think about it and the way that we look at it in our system is we use a system called the COEX theory. Now, Stan Groff, who is the originator of the holotropic breathwork method, um, he's really like the godfather of breathwork, came up with this design called the COEX system, which is this theory that trauma doesn't actually just happen in the moment. It lives in the body until it's actually resolved. And so- 100% believe that. And body keeps the score. There's a lot of literature and mm-hmm. books and research that actually shows how trauma actually lives in the fascia and like it's stored there somatically until it's actually released. So when you're having a trigger today about the dishes, it's really just the tip of the iceberg. And so you could chip away at the tip every single time you get triggered. You could just keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. But what we find is it's a lot more effective to actually take the time to become aware of all of the condensed emotional experiences, which is what we consider a coax. So what we're tracking in our system are what are all the condensed emotional experiences that have happened throughout your life that are similar to this thing today? And can we design a plan to help you resolve all of that as opposed to just what's happening in the moment so that you can actually take a bulldozer to the iceberg, take Titanic to the iceberg, as opposed to just chipping at it with a little with a little pick? If you're managing your everyday triggers, you're just like cutting the weed. If you find the origin point of where it started from, it's like you're pulling the weed out. Beautiful analogy. Yeah. And what you explained to me, Raj and Grace, was that you guys are now hypothesizing and you're testing right now to see that you're now taking blood samples and you're testing throughout their healing process. And you guys are hypothesizing that all their inflammatory markers are going to come down when they resolve these emotional issues. And you guys are in the process of testing that. Is that correct? We are doing research that or research is very early. Just want to name that. I can't definitively name anything right now about the conclusions from this research, but our hypothesis is that as the body begins to get out of that fight or flight response and into one that is more of rest and digest and your nervous system is more balanced, your overall health markers do improve. And that is our hypothesis. And that is what we are testing. We have partnerships with Dr. Nisha Winters, who's a really big name in the integrative oncology world. And so that's super early, but I mean, intuitively it makes sense though. Like, right. you know, for me and I look at my health, I'm sure all, both of you can attest to your own health journeys. Just when we calmed our nervous systems, oh my God. it's like miraculous health outcomes just started happening. Like we couldn't figure it out. Like we could try and make sense of it, but it's just kind of the way it works. Like I lost so much body fat after I started emotionally mm-hmm. learning how to regulate my nervous system and learning yep. how to calm myself and 
being more in that sort of just rest and digest. So this is like stuff where just now we're starting to put in the time, energy, resources to prove things that I think we all have been mm-hmm. intuitively sensing and experiencing for ourselves. There's a few things I want to add here that are really important because when it comes to the order of healing, mindset is number one. And basically what you guys have created is an app to help people really unpack the mindset piece, right? Of traumas and triggers and create a roadmap, like a personalized roadmap for them to heal that and understand it, which I think is beautiful. But I want to go back to the whole cancer journey. And Gina, you are a witness to this. Whenever I talk about Tristan. I had permission from him. He said, I am an open book. And so I want to share a few things about Tristan because people always ask me, you know, they're like, you knew everything, you created a clinic. What would you have done differently? Like why didn't Tristan survive? And I think there's two things here. I believe in soul contracts. I think Tristan's soul came here to trigger a very specific mission and he did that. And that was his purpose. But when people say, what do you wish you could have done differently? I always wish we had started with mindset and healing his heart and his soul because towards the end of his life, when things came to push and shove, it really became evident, scarily evident. I don't know if scarily is a word, but I'm going to use it. How much self-loathing and hatred and shame Tristan kept in his body. Please, everyone understand, I love and adore Tristan. He is my best friend. And he was a very shut down human. And I could never understand why he was very hard to open up. Cancer, towards the end of his life, cancer just ripped him open. What an interesting vehicle to rip someone open to help them heal their heart before they leave this earth, right? And I just thought, oh, Tristan's just quiet. Tristan's just reserved. Tristan's just an island. You know what I mean? But what I learned towards the end of his life was that he couldn't love the way he wanted to because he didn't even know how to love himself, right? There was so much heavy, dark beliefs that he held on from a very young age that he never spoke about until the end of his life. And when he did, he was able to heal that and be free. And then that's when it was like, oh my God, there you are. I knew you were in there all this time, but you were hiding behind a wall, a heart wall the size of China. You know what I mean? And as he was able to release all these like energetic demons, for lack of a better word, he started healing. And I wish we had started there. I truly believe that underneath every illness and disease and imbalance, there is an energetic and emotional component. And that energetic and emotional component is emotion, it's vibrational, but it's also chemical and it's a brainwave activity and it's ingrained in your nervous system, which then controls all the parts of your body, your cells, your hormones, everything, right? And so it's not just woo-woo, oh, emotional, Reiki, whatever. Like there are chemical and neurological and hormonal components to your emotions, right? To your belief systems. You know, the fact that you can watch a movie and tears come out of your eyes, there's a chemical reaction happening Mm -hmm. from a perceived thought, right? From you just viewing something. Like your body chemistry is immediately changing. So imagine the power of having these messages in the back of your subconscious constantly being the gatekeeper to your nervous system, the master or the overlord, for lack of a better word, to how your brain and your body interprets the world around itself and interprets yourself, right? And so when people ask, what would you have done differently? I would have started there. I would have started with healing his heart. I would have started with healing his soul. I don't know if the outcome would have been different. I think it would have been beautiful no matter what. But Raj, when we were in Greece, There was something that you shared with me that literally blew my mind. And I was like, I want to podcast about this. And from the two years of data that you guys have collected from the cancer community 
and correct me if I'm wrong, you said that out of everyone with all their testings, there is a core wounding that 70% of cancer patients have, and that is that they are not lovable. Is that correct? Uh, they don't feel seen. Oh, they don't feel seen. That they don't feel seen. That's right. And I said, how interesting that they don't feel seen and they have created a disease that literally eats them away. The symbolism of that feels really important to me. And it's chilling even, right? And there's other data points that you guys are trying to find too. Do you want to expand more on that? Yeah. I mean, this is a rabbit hole to go down. One of the things we're really paying attention to, right? Like when we take people through our processes, we're really looking to understand their unique nature. How did their life experiences, how did their upbringing, how did their unique psychologies actually get developed? And then from there, create personalized plans to address their unique psychology, right? So that's how we started. And as we started working with different populations, the eerie part was that we started to see trends. Although we are unique in nature, there seems to be a trend and a psychology to the disease itself which is what's fascinating. So in cancer, 70% of our cohorts have a deep core emotional wound of not feeling seen by a primary caretaker growing up. 90% of them have a deep core emotional wound of not feeling lovable. Wow. Like 90%? 90%. What is the core wound and how does somebody get that? Like what's the origin point? Yeah. So if you look at like a core emotional wound, it's a combination of an unprocessed emotion with a learned limiting belief. Right. To me, it's like a learn limiting belief, like I don't matter. I'm not seen. I'm invisible. And then tied that to either some level of unprocessed grief around that, some process of shame attached to that, some process of anger attached to that. That is to me, like when we say an emotional wound, it's combining the emotion with some level of a belief or a story that then gets lodged in the nervous system as that condensed emotional experience until we put our loving awareness on it, until we bring it into the light, until we begin to actually process it and feel it and release it and see it in full, it is a wound. So the wound can be healed. That's why we like to call it a wound because you can put salve on it, you can love it, you can heal it back into light, but it does require you looking at it. It does require you being with it. It does require you having the spaciousness and the awareness of how to do that. And so that's why we like to use the word emotional wound because it kind of gives our flagship kind of like, we run emotional lab reports. That's what we do. If I had to explain it to somebody, it's like, hey, the same way you'd go get your blood drawn to like, and then you do a blood analysis and you get a, a report back, like, we just do that with your emotions and we show you your core emotional wounds and how to heal them. And so that's basically like what we're seeing there. You know, we're starting to now open up different disease states. And Jenny, I don't know if I'm ready to fully open up on like all the communities we're working with because it's so early. I'm very cautious about what we say because diseases are so complex. Right. I'm yeah. happy to come back later and fill in when we have more research. But what I do see in the can we've, we've had enough people come through our cancer cohorts for me to at least say that, hey, like, in the early data we're seeing. And I do imagine as we get larger populations, as we get people from different demographics, you know, people from different cultures, people who have different types of cancers, you know, we're tracking the data across a lot of work that's already been done in Eastern medicine as well. We're looking at Chinese medicine. We're looking at the chakra. Like there's so much that we're overlaying and it's mind boggling to me, to be honest. And I'll say this in our communities, I don't know if there's ever been a more, when we started actually bringing awareness to this data, to our cohorts, I don't think they've ever felt more seen because yeah. going into the doctor and like when you go to the doctor, you're like, doctor, I don't know what's wrong with me. 
and they're like, oh, there must be this, or you should take this, or you should go do this, and they don't feel seen. They don't feel met. They don't feel heard. Doctor, I'm coming to you, and I'm trying to tell you there's something else that's happening, and I cannot put my finger on it. And then when they see the emotional roots, it's like, oh, then like there's like a full body intuitive hit. This is it. Literally yesterday, we were on a call with one of our cohorts, and that was like the thing. It's like, this was the missing link. Yeah, And I think this is the thing we're not talking about because I don't feel like doctors or nurse practitioners or the medical system is really aware enough and we haven't had enough data or research to really show this. And so it's not taken as seriously as I think a lot of the alternative and holistic health world is really taking it. And this is why I think it's important to just empower the end consumer. Like This is why I love what you stand for, Janique, and you and Gina both have always stood for just empowering the end consumer to take their health into their own hands. And this is just another way of taking your emotional health into your own hands. You know, what's so interesting is as you're saying that doctors, nurse practitioners, nurses, one, they don't have the training, but they don't have the time. You know what I mean? They're medical doctors. And so their yeah. job is to give you medicine, right? And so when it comes to the emotional work and the emotional healing, it is so complex. It's like a spider web, right? It could go a million different ways. And what's interesting too is a doctor would be like, yeah, let me just refer you to a psychologist. Okay. So people that have probably listened to me on the podcast know I'm not a huge fan of psychologists because it's such cerebral work. There are really good ones out there, but it doesn't go deep enough. There's not a lot. They're very limited with their tools and their help box. You know what I mean? And disease and illness, it's so complex. I had a hard time finding a therapist that could really understand the depth of agony that this journey brought. You know what I mean? And so to create something that tailors an emotional healing plan for people is unheard of and it's extremely unique, right? And so I think making people aware that when you are on these journeys, you're not going to get the emotional support you need through your mainstream medical doctor and mainstream means. It's, it's just not going to happen because it's not designed that way. It's such a heavy undertaking it's such a complex world that not many people are trained on. But what you guys are doing is you are training people on that and you are creating a world and you are creating a space that brings the tools and the science and the research and the roadmap to healing those emotional things, which is, is anyone else in this space doing this, Raj? Do you have competitors? Well, there's a lot of tools. If you look at mind-body wellness, it's a $4.4 trillion market right now. You know, so there's meditation apps and the breathwork studios and the and the retreat centers and the plant medicines and you know there's all that. I don't know many people out there that are more of like the map and the compass. Like we're not really saying any one tool is better than the other. I actually don't know. I can't come and say, hey, meditation is best for you. I can't come and say, hey, for you, journaling is your best practice. Like I can't. What I can do is take the time to understand you, take the time to see you, take the time to hear what's actually happening, track what's going on in your mind, overlay that what's happening in your body, overlay that with what's going on in your relationships, and then overlay that with what sense of self are you actually orienting to? Like, what is your spiritual faith? It's like, we can take all the mind, the body, the heart, spirit, we can take all of that, look at it and be like, okay, now this tool, this tool, this tool is best for you. I don't know if there's anyone doing exactly what we're doing. I think there are expensive resources for people that can get this type of personalized support. You know, like I think there's the high-end retreats, but for us and our mission, I mean, I came from a very, I'm a successful serial entrepreneur. Like I've done very well in my life. And, you know, I feel very blessed and grateful that I've had the resources to invest in my emotional health. When 
I first started on this project, when Mike and I really looked at it, we don't need more resources for individuals like me. We need resources for people who can't afford to go to journey after journey and retreat after retreat. We need something that can simplify the process for them. And so that's really our flagship product is $137. That's it. Like it's 137 bucks. What else is so interesting too is like when you bring in all these different components, you make it actually sound pretty complex. And when you talk about even like meditation or therapy, sometimes these are not that there's anything wrong with these lifetime tools. But what actually blew my mind is the way that you explain it. It sounds really complex, but it's actually it kind of simplifies it gives you so much like clarity on, oh, this makes so much sense. I have this present day trigger. Here's how I experienced it throughout my life. And here was the origin that I was completely missing. And so I did your process and it blew my mind that like in one hour, I could see like, this is why I'm being triggered today and how it has continued to show up. It's almost like skipping a stone on a lake or whatever, right? Like skipping a stone, like you're skipping backwards and seeing this is how many times this same trigger has touched my life. And within like an hour, I found that origin point of where I created this belief when I was young and how that actually continued to show up throughout my life. So it is interesting. I just want to really highlight that it sounds complex, but it actually brought me a ton of clarity in like an hour. Hey, Gutsy listeners, I want to give a shout out to Cozy Earth once again for always delivering on the softest and most luxurious sheets. You spend a third of your life sleeping, which means you need to make it count as 80% of your healing and repairing happens while you're sleeping. And if you want a temperature regulated, unparalleled comfort Zen Den, Cozy Earth has got you from sheets to pillows and now blankets. It's a no brainer that investing in your sleep is not an indulgence, but an actual necessity. Not only that, but Cozy Earth is providing an exclusive offer to my listeners today up to 40% off site-wide when you use the code gutsy I'm not kidding you my new husband loves everything North Pole cold and I love everything South African hot and so these sheets are perfect for the both of us as they are just so comfortable and so regulating so trust me cozy earth won't let you down with their products they are phenomenal Was it a confusing process to go through, Gina, when you were doing it? No, extremely, very clear and simple. And it was like, oh, it kind of does blow my mind that this hasn't been a thing yet. Because I'm like, wait a second. It was very simple. And I just had someone walk me through finding this trigger and the origin of where it came from. And so now I'm like, okay, if I give my nervous system and my mind and my heart this healing from the origin point, this trigger is not going to show up anymore. I actually don't think it has shown up in my life again after that. And you know, Johnny, we see this in the Gutsy Academy sometimes too, Mm -hmm. where when people are working on their health naturally, that brings up like emotional triggers and people are like, I think this comes from somewhere, but I don't really know. It's probably a childhood thing. I don't really know. And I don't know what to do with it. It is so beautiful and so impressive that you guys have been able to create something that brings so much clarity. And you're like, oh, I have so much compassion for why this is showing up in my life now, because this goes way back and it's something that people can afford is so special thank you wow i mean it means a lot coming from you because i just really does so thank you for that i mean it's taken thousands of hours to make something so complex feel so simple and it's not not only are we doing our own work we are bringing in some of the smartest scientists neuroscientists psychologists psychiatrists to vet what we're building and then it's like it's taken years this is why you know we started working on this project i joined you know mike has been working on it for four years i joined two years ago after tristan passed 
And just now are we able to actually share it in a way that makes it accessible to people because that is how complex the problem is. Like it, it deserves to take the time and energy to make sure that because at the core of it, there's so much noise in the world of emotional health. There's so many conflicting viewpoints. And what we want to do is just bring back the focus to the data. Just yeah. track what is happening today. You don't have to go and look for everything. Just follow the thread of what you are experiencing today. If you have a stressful experience today, that is the entry point. And can I add that a lot of people go trauma hunting, right? But I'm not a trained practitioner to help myself unravel my trauma, right? And so it sounds like you guys have created this app that is extremely advanced. It has advanced technology to help the individual go down and go down that path that is very formulaic and proven and tried and tested so that they're not looping over and over and over again. Yeah. I feel like I see so many people loop. They're doing the work and I'm going to put that in air quotes. They go to ayahuasca retreats and they're still stuck in loops. I literally scratch my head. I'm like, you are doing so much plant medicine and you're still so stuck, right? Because it opens something up but then they're not trained or they're not working with someone to facilitate that opening and unpacking. So it just gets stuck. But what this app sounds like it's doing is it's like, okay, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. And so for someone like me and everyone else who aren't trained to go deeper, this app facilitates that. But then it also collects all the data from people's processes and comes to those incredible conclusions like you shared with us. 90% of cancer patients don't feel loved or they feel unlovable. 70% of them don't feel seen. Not only are you helping people unravel, but you're collecting data points and coming to these incredibly insightful conclusions around emotional health and how it can potentially influence disease. And I want to really emphasize, I'm not saying disease is entirely caused by emotions. We right. do not want to gaslight people and be like, you just need to think happier. That's bullshit. It's one component. You have to look at the physical, the chemical, the emotional, the psychological, right? You have to look at all of them, right? And take that's a true holistic approach. And so we're not saying that this emotional component is 100% of the healing process, but we are saying it's an extremely important piece of the process that should not be overlooked. And I just want to really speak to, we believe in the whole looping thing. I should speak to that for a second because going into any level of healing, whether it's psychedelics or breathwork or therapy, without having the intention of why you're going into this or the tool sets and the tools of how to actually take whatever insight you gather in these experiences and apply it to your life, without having the before and after, you're going to stay in a loop. And so ultimately, what we do is we empower you with the necessary tools to be a co-pilot in your emotional healing journey. You cannot, nobody's going to heal you. Nobody's going to fix you because you're not broken. At the end of the day, you are out of alignment and it takes a certain level of awareness. Like If you don't show up with the awareness, then you're just going to keep going back into those loops because like, you can't solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it. It's just not possible. Right. And so I love that. Say it again for people in the back, louder. You can't solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it. Oh my God, that's money. You right cannot. There. So if you go into any level of a, let's say a plant medicine journey, an ayahuasca journey, but you're not doing the work ahead of time to really get clear on what's happening, why it's happening and coming in with that level of awareness and then 
intentionally asking the medicine, hey, this is the change I want to make in my life. And then on the back end of that, if you're not supported with the tools of how to actually work with your triggers when you get triggered, of how to ask for help, of how to hold space for yourself. And these are skill sets. I wish they taught this stuff in schools, right? Like this stuff should not be something that we have to learn as adults after we are sick. Right. This is stuff that we should be learning and taught in schools of how to hold space for our emotions, how to understand what's and unpack what's happening. And that's ultimately what our, I wouldn't even call it like an app. Like we really have like a program. Mm-hmm. Like you come into our program for $137. We track your triggers. We map them back to the roots. We create a personalized plan. And then we give you a program to help you actually work through the findings from your report in a safe, supported and effective manner. And that's Amazing. ultimately what it is. After you go through this, You've learned how to ride the bike of your own consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know that how to super hack yourself. We're not giving you a fish. We're teaching you how to fish mm, so that, that you can go out into the world. And when you do get triggered, you have a tool and you know how to hold space for yourself. You know how to be gentle with yourself. It takes time and patience and energy to learn. And that's ultimately what we want to empower. It. And that's what we're here to do. So it lights us up and it's literally my favorite thing to talk about in the world. It's interesting because you said we're going to teach you how to fish. I want to bring awareness to everyone listening right now because there may be resistance to this because it's so easy for us to pay an energy worker to clear our aura. It's so much easier to go to a hypnotherapist to unravel our mind. It's so much easier to give up our power to someone else and say, fix me. Right. And so if you are listening and you're feeling resistant to be like, oh, this feels like a lot of work. It's not a lot of work. One, but you could have a mental block of your training. And there might be a subconscious belief that you should probably track this trigger in this app that giving up your healing capability to someone else because you think they're more competent in doing it is a belief system that you need to break, right? Because I think a lot of people have a mental block of like, oh, I'm not skilled enough to do this. I'm not smart enough to do this. I'm not worthy enough to do this. And so they would much rather pay the energy worker, pay the psychologist, do the ayahuasca trips and want the medicine to fix them. And yet they're still stuck in these loops, right? I think this is a beautiful tool to really empower people to go deeper and to be like, no, you are in charge of this. This is your responsibility and we're going to guide you through it, right? And it really can be that simple. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars paying professionals to fix you because they can't do what you can do yourself. And I wish the system could fix you. I really do. Because it would be simpler just to go and get a thing and get yourself healed, right? Like that would be easier. That would be simpler. We'd all love that. For right now, actually, as an example, in the state of Florida, there's a six-month waiting list for therapists for cancer patients. Oh my God. It's heartbreaking, right? And so when we started working with cancer patients, it wasn't even like a, hey, I'd love to send you to a therapist. I'd love to send you to all these things. But there just isn't. And they're forced to learn how to hold space for themselves in between visits. They can't wait. Yeah, They have to learn. And for us to witness them as they learn this stuff and begin to like shift the way they experience their journey, mm-hmm. to have a complete reframe on their journey as a result of taking their own emotional well-being into their hands, the empowerment that's on the other side of that has been the biggest gift. And so I just really want to encourage that it's a yes and. While you're waiting and doing all this other stuff, Learning how to hold yourself is the greatest gift you can give yourself and the people in your life. Because when you learn to hold space for your big emotions, you inadvertently give other, just a natural 
space holder for others in your life. And you just turn into this ripple that this healing ripple that you are. And this is why I just feel like even our nonprofit, like a lot of the work that we do. So we have Liberate, which is like our, you know, where you can go and get access to our program. And then we have our nonprofit, which is the Humans Are Good Foundation. And like humans are good as a mission to really get a lot of this work into schools. And really get because like I really feel like it's so it's early. Well, if you can start early and teach children that yeah. adversity is just adversity, yeah, and that if you can teach them to just hold space for themselves in those moments, then trauma doesn't become trauma, or yeah. adversity doesn't become trauma, and now they don't have to at the age of thirty, forty, fifty look back mm-hmm. on their lives and heal all the stuff yeah. that we accumulated at the ages of when we were children. Yeah, I love that. It's interesting because I feel like we are opening up and our hearts are opening as a society. Everyone can say, oh, the world is getting worse, but I think we are getting better because I just think back to like when I had Tennyson 10 years ago and the biggest thing was sleep training. Just have your child cry it out, right? And 20 years prior, it was kids are seen and not heard, right? I mean, I grew up in South Africa, which was the schooling was very militant. They were yelling, they were hitting kids. It was very impusive. And now we're moving into this age that I love of gentle parenting, of seeing children, holding space for their emotions, also realizing that part of gentle parenting is actually reparenting yourself, right? And they're saying it's millennials down. We're changing the world, right? We're realizing that the way things have been done is not working for us and we have to heal on an emotional level. And then now we're taking these concepts and we're saying we have to do better for our kids. We have to hold space for our kids and their processes and their emotions and realize that all emotions are welcome so that we can raise emotionally intelligent children that don't have these negative messages beat into their subconscious that I am unlovable. I am not worthy of being seen and that they're not growing up with these messages and stories that can potentially affect their relationships, their health, their body, their achievements in life, right? Raj, I'm curious, what are some other data points and conclusions that you guys are seeing? You mentioned the 70% and the 90%. Can I push a little bit more and ask what are other conclusions that you guys are seeing in correlations? Well, and I love you both. I just want to name that. Very much appreciate both of you and how you guys are holding loving space for this conversation. I actually love that I just realized that the three of us all met an emotional healing kind of space. Yeah. Here we're talking about how important it is. Like that's right. like, so funny, but sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are products of this. Yeah. We are deep, deep, deep products of this type of work. I can share more. As I go into that, I actually want to share something that I think is really important. One is you talked about helping our children feel safe, seen heard. The CDC back like I think 20 years ago did a study that linked almost every single mental, emotional, and physical disease back to adverse childhood experiences. Wow. And what was shocking to me when I saw that study was the CDC didn't just define the big T traumas of physical abuse, sexual abuse, the what we would consider to be like, oh my God, they had a terrible childhood, like that as the adverse childhood experience. They also considered emotional neglect to be one of the 10 adverse childhood experiences that actually contributed to mental, emotional, and physical disease. That's crazy. And so what you just said, Janique, is so important because we don't really take into account all of the little T traumas that accumulate in the nervous system, because now that's that's really what we're tracking. Now we track all of the triggers back to all the little T traumas that happen over a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Because all of that stuff, the nervous system can't really tell between a big T trauma yeah. or a little T trauma if it's all rooted 
and the child feeling unsafe. Well, and neither can kids tell. You know what I mean? I want to give two examples. When Tristan died, Tennyson and I had a conversation and he said, dad didn't come back because he had heard stories of people coming back from death. And Tennyson interpreted Tristan's death as dad didn't come back because he didn't love us enough, right? Now, no one has ever said that to him. Tristan loved our children tremendously. And yet children interpret the world very differently. Their brains are not fully developed. And so we have to be careful and we have to be extremely conscientious of how they're taking in data and interpreting it, right? Because their brain isn't developed. And so they're taking data and they're interpreting it potentially in a negative light like Tennyson was. And so we had to go through that and talk about it. But another thing that I want to share with Tristan is a lot of people are like, why did Tristan go through some really traumatic thing that he hated and loathed himself so much? And it's like, no, this is Tristan. I want to give some backstory because maybe you resonate with this. Tristan was highly intelligent. He was a very quiet baby. His first words were, I want to get down. So it wasn't a word, it was a sentence. He was extremely brilliant from a very young age. I'm pretty sure he was on the spectrum. I have conversations with him. I'm like, Tristan, where are you on the spectrum? Obviously, I'm talking to dead Tristan. You know, I talk to him all the time. But what's interesting is he was very quiet and his siblings were noisy. And so his siblings got more attention. And so he interpreted from a three years old, I am unloved and unworthy of affection, right? And that's because he didn't cry. He didn't whine. He didn't fuss, but his siblings did. And so when they did, mom and dad gave them attention. Mom and dad didn't give him as much attention. And so he interpreted it in his three-year-old brain. I am unlovable. I am unworthy of love there's something wrong with me. And so what he did as a coping mechanism when he was older was he became extremely brilliant because when he achieved, he got attention, right? That was his crying. That was his whining. That was his way of saying, look at me, look at me. Am I lovable too, right? And so no one abused him. No one said, you are terrible. It was nothing like that. It was just how his three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old brain interpreted the dynamics of their family. If he cried more, maybe, if he whined more, he would have gotten more attention and maybe he wouldn't have come to that conclusion. But that was so embedded in there already. And that was the foundation of his belief systems, right? So there was no sexual abuse. There was no physical abuse. Obviously, he went through hard things personally with his family, as we all do. But it wasn't those capital T traumas. And so we need to be mindful that we are all exposed to limiting beliefs that really hurt us, that we have to reparent ourselves and heal. And tools like this can help us, right? They really can. One other thing that I want to share with people is after Tristan died, my children have had stomach issues ever since, right? And now I'm doing neurofeedback on them and I can see why. Their brains are so on fire that when experts look at their readings, they're like, this shouldn't be this bad. Then I tell them, oh, their father died of cancer two years ago. And everyone's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's just, oh, I see, right? So on the outside, they look fine. I mean, I see the dysregulation. I see the anxious attachments. I see the stories that they tell themselves. But on the outside to everyone else, they look totally fine. But when mm -hmm. we measure their brain wave activity, it's extremely high. It's extremely advanced to dysregulation, you know? And so we can actually measure that and now create a healing journey for them 
to help reprogram that for them so it doesn't become something super embedded. Because what I'm seeing in my son right now is he's trending towards IBS. And just like Tristan, Tristan had IBS when he was 12, right? And they didn't know why. And so with my son, I have tools and I have knowledge and have all the things that I could do to help him heal that and reverse that. And it's going to take time. It's not going to take a month. It's probably going to take a year or two because that dysregulation to get him into this chronic gut issue and this IBS state, it took years. And so it's going to take us years to reprogram that and heal it. And so I really want to hit that hard because I want people to understand it doesn't have to be a capital T trauma. I mean, my kids had capital T traumas, but Tristan did it. He was just a very, very sensitive soul that came into the world and wasn't seen for who he was because people are busy. They didn't have the emotional intelligence back then. And I feel like we are getting it now. Like we are reparenting ourselves. We are very aware of emotional triggers. People are talking about it more. And we're starting to really, really put on the map gentle parenting. And so I'm grateful for that movement. Love that. So much in there. I mean, Gina, if you have any thoughts around just, if you've been so deep in the work yourself, I'd love to hear like just your own experiences with little T traumas, big T traumas, and like how that's contributed to your own health. Mm. I mean, I have talked about it a bit, I think on this podcast a few times. I think just like a lot of people, I think we've heard from so many of our Gretzky members and like me myself, where for so long I was like doing elimination diets and doing all these supplements and my hormones were a mess and my body was just something. My body is like out of alignment and I don't really know what it is. And I do really truly believe that my health wouldn't have come into order without doing like the deeper emotional healing work. And sometimes I think it's easy to think of it as like, I've got to either do the thing or I either have to find my my traumas or my things. And it's like this big thing. But actually what it came for me was finding each present day emotional trigger and finding like what that root is, give it a love and healing and then carry on, find the next one. It's kind of like this, I think a more gentle process than sometimes what we can make it out to be. And the other day I had a conversation with this woman and she's like, I'm just not ready to find the whole, like all of my things, all of my issues. Maybe I'll be ready for it in a year or a decade. And sometimes we're just not ready to do that emotional work. But I think we forget sometimes it can be as gentle and as beautiful as like finding one trigger that's affecting our lives, how it's showing up. And that's what it was for me. And finding where does this come from with that like curiosity. So for me, the more I did that, the more my nervous system was like, ah, like relaxing and relaxing. And so I think what I actually use as my litmus for have I done the emotional healing work is I feel the shift in my body, the tension, the amount of tension in my body, where before I started doing this work like four years ago, there was so much like constriction intention. And I had a lot of neck problems, back problems, jaw, TMJ issues. And slowly through finding all my triggers, not only have my hormones come into balance, my menstrual cycle came back. It was gone for over a year. You know, my body just kind of came back into alignment. But the physical pains have slowly and gently like released, released, released. And that's kind of what I use as like my guide now, where if I start to feel like pains in my jaw or my neck, I wonder where the contraction is coming from, right? Every muscular contraction that comes from protection, which often comes from an emotion. So I kind of used that as like my guide of when my body feels off or out of alignment, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's an emotion that's creating a contraction and how can I just find each little one over time? 
I think almost everything to me. Obviously, I, I really believe in health, but I think the emotional triggers are like the emotions create the contraction. And that, like mm-hmm. Johnny said, changes our body's physiology, you know? Yeah. So when Tristan was diagnosed with cancer, we learned to eat so clean and so healthy. And I had the worst digestion ever. <laughs> like I was taking five to seven Zypan per meal to increase my hydrochloric acid content because I wasn't producing any. And when I regulated my nervous system, I don't use digestive enzymes anymore. It was literally almost immediate. It was immediate. My body was like, oh yeah, we can do this again. I was no longer burping. I no longer had heartburn, indigestion, blow, gassiness. Like it just literally went away. And yet I was taking supplements for years and years and years, right? And so I 100% believe feeling safe, changing those belief systems can really, really be so healing for the body. Even if you do have some kind of dis-ease or ailment like cancer or whatever, I've seen, and I know Raj, you guys, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you guys are testing Lyme communities. You were wanting to test Lyme community. We're going to be starting. Yeah, we're going to be entering into autoimmune pretty soon. We haven't done that yet, but that is the next sort of community to really start mapping and tracking and and really Mm -hmm. supporting. And I'm so curious to see what the data on that, what are the core belief wounds in those communities? Because almost every Lyme patient that I have worked with, they eventually, when they're doing the work, they realize there is a very strong emotional component as well, like huge. It's not the only one, but it's a big one. And the same with autoimmune, right? Your body attacking itself. Let's think of that symbolically. How are we beating ourselves up? How are we running ourselves thin? How are we attacking ourselves every day? And in turn, the body is like, okay, great, we'll attack you because you feel like you need to be attacked, right? We, you know, so I am making up my own hypothesis of what is going to come, but I'm really interested in seeing that data in the next few years when it does roll around because well, I, I just want to also be- name, as for data earlier, now that you said that, I wanted to say, I'll give one little nugget because the data conversation having at the end of a podcast is like a whole, it just opens up a whole new world. I know. So like, I just want to like name that like it's not that I don't want to talk about this stuff. It's just that I'm very conscious of we open up a rabbit hole. It's like we're going to be here for another hour with the cancer patients in the first cohorts we saw. It wasn't just not feeling seen. There was actually another layer of it, which was feeling betrayed mm. around not feeling seen. Whoa. And just think about the betrayal. So now let's break that down into what you just said with autoimmune. Cancer is in some ways betraying. The, there's like a self-betrayal that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's mirroring the emotional sort of wow. story that exists out there too. So I didn't want to say that now, but it's like... I mean, to all of this, like, right, we're talking about like symbolism, of which I think there's a lot of validity to, but also the Heart Math Institute does research on how do these emotions dysregulate our body systems. And so like they share the science and the research that really supports the work that you guys are doing, that when people feel emotions, frustration, anger, shame, it gets their body out of coherence and you're breathing yeah. erratic and then that raises cortisol. We know cortisol dysregulates the immune system, which is like the thing of autoimmunity or cancers. And uh, right. So we have like this whole impact on stress. So while we do talk about like symbolism and how interesting that is, there's already data that backs up the work that you guys are doing, which is so cool. It's so cool. It really is. Raj, there is an offer that you want to give to listeners that are listening today. Will you share that? Because if people want to use, you don't have to have cancer to use this app. Anyone can use this app, correct? Yeah. If you feel emotionally triggered by anything in life, 
this is a tool that you can use. If you happen to be on a health journey and you are looking for somebody to support the mental and emotional side of that, you want to be surrounded by people that are all that all believe this type of message. This is also a great fit for you. So yeah, our process it's $137 and we basically map your entire trigger all the way back to childhood, come up with a custom plan and then support you in a community setting and give you all the tools you need to actually heal your emotional core wounds. How do people find this app? How do they find you? How do they get more information? Yeah. Give us all the... You can head to our website is liberate.health. That is L-I-B-E-R-8 dot health. And I also just want to give a special code for any of your listeners, Janique. So if they use Gutsy10 at checkout and get 10% off, it's already a steal of a steal for 137 really bucks. You're getting a lot of value. And I don't want it's a one-time fee, right? One-time fee, and I just don't That's want insane. cost to be. I don't want cost to be the reason why somebody does not take advantage of this incredible resource that we are pouring. Literally, God knows how much time, energy, money, resources into yeah. creating, so that you can learn how to heal your core emotional wounds. So it's amazing what you guys are doing. You guys to see a therapist is like one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars, and that's for an, one freaking hour to just barely unpack anything. Right. They're getting to know you and your story. But for less than that, you have a tool that teaches you how to really, really do the work thoroughly. Right. Do it to completion. Do it in a way that is going to bring healing and wholeness. And so what a beautiful tool that you guys have created. Please tell Mike Klein, I'm so grateful to him. He's such a good dude, too. He's so brilliant and he's so smart. And like, what a beautiful mission you guys have started. I really love what you're doing and I want to see people using it. I want the world to heal, right? Because if we all do our work, then that reflects externally and just makes the world a better place for our children and for the rest of humanity. So Raj, is there any other way that people can get a hold of you or yeah, act? Yeah. Like, what's the name of the app? Do they just so, well, it on their phone? No, no. The best way to get supported is to go to the website, liberate, uh, L-I-B-E-R-8 dot health and you can get started there there's tons of resources and then you can use gutsy 10 and then you can find me on instagram that's where i'm most active right now so you can just go to at raj underscore jana and that's where you can just hear more about this stuff and listen to gina's podcast on my podcast you can listen to janique's podcast on my podcast i have a podcast too called stay grounded it's a really rad podcast it's such a good one Listeners, thank you so much for being here. We hope you learned something new. Raj, thank you for your time. I know you have poured your heart and your soul into this. And so I'm really grateful the way you guys are paving the road to collect data around emotions, because I think when you do that, it's going to bring so much validity and just clout to the emotional world and just help people see how important it is to do the work. So thank you. And listeners, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast. 